0: The Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, October 4th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman 2 or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can also leave me a review if you want to as well. It's all for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts odyssey spotify etc if you follow right now then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day also if you're on twitter then please go and follow the lockdown blackhawks twitter page that can be found at capital l capital o underscore blackhawks with some really good content being posted there every day as well all right good morning everyone or good afternoon now (laughs) Uh, as always, thank you for making the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast your first listen here on Monday. I hope you all enjoyed your weekends. Uh, one of the last I'm thinking we're probably going to get here with some nice weather in the Chicagoland area as we're starting to creep into October. Spooky season is among us, ladies and gentlemen. And on the show here today, we got lots to break down. We got the Blackhawks versus Blues weekend series randomly traveling to Independence Missouri on Saturday for a non-televised game, interestingly enough. Uh, and then we also saw the Blackhawks make some more roster cuts over the weekend by sending a hand, a handful of players down to the Rockford Icehawks. Not sure if we're going to get to that on the episode today. Uh, if we have time, we will. There's also a game tonight going on between the Blackhawks and the Red Wings once again. So yeah, plenty to get into here this afternoon and I guess I'll start with the first of the two games over the weekend against the rival St. Louis Blues. And folks, first and foremost, I cannot even begin to tell you how good it felt to be back at the United Center on Friday. I was lucky enough to be in attendance. Uh, honestly, not not even lucky enough. I was just one of the people that paid the $10 for the, all the tickets that were available. I mean, if you didn't go to this game, come on, come on. I know you got $10. You could have gone to this game on Friday night. Great way to spend your Friday night. Um, even though, you know, uh, the Blackhawks came out on the wrong side of the final outcome, I still had an incredible time nonetheless. And it was so good to see and hear the United Center back and roaring. But I do got to say, I got to admit, ladies and gentlemen, with the Blackhawks having a significant amount of their NHL lineup in in there on Friday against the Blues, against a team that didn't have all that many of their own in there. Um, it it was a pretty disappointing effort by the Blackhawks, to be honest, especially right out of the gate, too. In the opening 20 minutes, I mean, the, the Blues certainly were the better team. They really took it to the Blackhawks early on in that first period, and that was pretty discouraging to me, honestly, because, um, in the introductions... Out of the five starters that the Blackhawks had in this one, three were new big-time additions this past offseason. Mark andre Fleury in net, Seth Jones, and Jake McCabe on defense. Those three were the first three players that the Blackhawks announced in their starting lineup on Friday, and I was like, oh, my gosh. It's a different era here. And then to see them kind of fall flat right out of the gate. It, it was pretty discouraging, as I said. St. Louis managed to grasp an early 1-0 lead, um, and then Pavel Buchnevich wound up making it 2-0 with a shorthanded goal in the second period, and that shorthanded goal was really the backbreaker early on for the Blackhawks. A poor play by Marc-Andre Fleury there with the puck. St. Louis dumps it in. He turns it over, winds up giving Buchnevich a wide-open net backside, and after that point, I mean... Yeah, the Blackhawks, they did get better as the game went on, but they were already having to play catch-up, being down 2 to nothing through the first half of the contest with really nothing to get them going. Fortunately, Alex Dobrynkit made it a game. He answered Buchnevich's shorthanded goal with uh, a power play about 40 seconds later to, to kind of cancel things out. And also, finally, we saw the Blackhawks' power play cash in for a goal here in the preseason. I know on Friday... It was only their second game, but um, in their opener against the Detroit Red Wings, I felt like their puck movement and the rotations that they had, winning the board battles, the entries, I thought it was all good, and it was just kind of unfortunate that they failed to convert and weren't able to find the back of the net. And on uh, that brings me back to either Thursday or Friday's episode, I can't remember which one it was. Um, probably Friday's episode. I don't think I said this in the crossover I had with the boys from Lockdown Red Wings. Uh, I think on Friday's episode I said that I really do feel like better days are coming for this Blackhawks man advantage unit. So it was nice to see them get a goal together on Friday night, and it came via one hell of a snipe by Alex DeBrincat to go top shelf past Jordan Bennington, and I was about four rows behind the net there, and they had to go review that one, but I, I knew that was in right from the second I saw it, it in and out in a second, but I saw it get past Bennington's blocker and hit that top part of the net, that was an awesome goal there for it and one thing I also wanted to talk about with Alex DeBrinket is um, I found it funny how in my stats and takeaways that I do after each Blackhawks game, I said that DeBrinket was probably the best player on the ice for the Blackhawks on Friday, which really was, I thought it was honestly 100% true, aside from maybe Caleb Jones, who I'll get into here in just a moment, Um, but I really did think DeBrinkett was the best player on the ice for the Blackhawks, he finished with that power play goal that I just talked about, he went on to add a primary assist later on in the contest as well, finished with three hits, uh, but I had someone come at me for saying DeBrinkett was the best player on the ice for the Hawks just because he was on the ice for four of the Blues' six goals against. Listen, please tell me someone else who looked good on the Blackhawks on Friday night other than Alex DeBrinket and Caleb Jones. I was there. No one was on their A-game aside from those two. Seth Jones wasn't good. Jake McCabe wasn't good. Patrick Kane didn't do anything. We also dodged an injury scare from him. Uh, Left about 30 seconds into the game and everyone was freaking out, but he did come back not too long after and we could all breathe again. Um, Jonathan Taze didn't really do much. It was a much more come-down-to-earth game out of Jonathan Taze. Alex Nylander and Dylan Strome both were invisible out there, in my opinion. Marc-Andre Fleury didn't have the best start in that either. Like, It was a pretty bad game for every big-name Blackhawks player aside from Alex Dabrinkit. So, yeah, Alex Dabrinkit was the best player on the ice on Friday for the Blackhawks, and even though he happened to be out there for the opposition's goal, none of them were really his fault, in my opinion. Two were Seth Jones, bad pinches, which we'll talk about a little bit more in a moment. There was nothing that really Dabrinkit did bad that cost his team those goals. He was just one of the guys that was out there on the ice. That's why you don't pay attention to plus-minus too often, folks. But the one guy who was really close that I just talked about a moment ago was Caleb Jones, man. He was phenomenal on Friday night, I thought. And it's funny because, you know, most people were excited to see Seth make his Little Hawks debut on Friday, but it wound up being his younger brother who was the one that stole the show. Caleb recorded his first goal of the preseason. That was the Blackhawks' second to cut the deficit to 3-2 to two later on in the second period. That came via a beautiful feed from Debrinkit to find him back door. Uh, and overall for Caleb, I just thought it was a really, it, it was another really strong performance out of him on the offensive side of things. The defense, it's still a little bit of a work in progress, that's kind of why he hasn't been able to find his way in the NHL during his time with the Oilers in the past, but it's obvious that Caleb, he he has a really gifted offensive skill set from the back end like his older brother Seth does as well. But getting on to Seth, man, like I just said, I gotta be honest, he played pretty bad on Friday night. Again, I know, it's only one preseason game. I was the one who even said that to you folks on Twitter. Let's not go and lose our marbles here. One preseason game. We'll get to see him again tonight, fortunately. But yeah, I mean, it it wasn't a good look for Seth. As I mentioned a moment ago, he got beat a couple of times by Blues players that led directly to goals. Um, One was a 50-50 puck that he lost in the neutral zone, and it just kind of seemed like, in my opinion, he, he was pressing a little bit. He was trying to make things happen a little too much. And, you know, I'm sure he's very anxious and wants to prove to this fan base that he's the right guy. He was the right guy to go after this offseason. Um, that's kind of a tough introduction for him, though, you know. And I'm sure as time goes on, he should only get more comfortable and also more familiar with his new teammates and know what he can and can't do when he's on the ice. So, yeah, I, it was... um. A rough start for Seth, of course, but you got to keep an open mind with this situation. Don't judge it on just one game. But no doubt, uh, a frustrating way to see not only he, but also his defensive partner, Jake McCabe, it it was a tough way to see them both uh, get their first go, if you will, uh, back there for the Blackhawks, despite only playing against a couple of the Blues NHL players for this season. One more thing I also wanted to mention about Friday's game real quick, ladies and gentlemen, is that... Dmitry Osipov, who was a guy I talked about on Friday morning's episode because I talked about him on Friday because in the past, we've seen Osipov throughout his time in his career, not only with the Hawks but also in his junior career back when he was overseas, he's always played defenseman. And for the first time ever during practice on Friday, at least the first time that I've seen, Dmitry Osipov was spotted playing forward on Friday morning. And now we officially know that Osipov is going through a position change at the moment. Friday night, he made his debut at forward for the Blackhawks, skating on the fourth line along with Jakob Poor and Reese Johnson. Mike Hardman actually wound up being the forward that was healthy scratched, which surprised me a little bit, but I I do understand they want to see what Asipov had to offer at the forward position. Um, But as expected, it, it was kind of a kind of a struggle-filled first game for Dimitri at forward. He got lost in coverage a couple of times, lost his man on the back check once I saw a clip of on Twitter, uh, which, yeah, you would have him rather doing this in the preseason, so that's why he was in the lineup last night. Get those kinks out of the way. Um, But, yeah, it it looks like Dimitri Asipov is the, the latest Blackhawks player that's going the Dustin Bufflin route here by swapping positions from defense to the wing and being a big boy the big boy that he is 6 foot 4 230 pounds i mean i could see why they're doing this if they want to, if they don't feel he could be reliable defensively definitely move him at forward because this guy is a bowling ball and he absolutely crushed blue Hoose forward tanner kaspic on friday night so even though you know it wasn't the best first impression for asapov at forward if you go back and watch the film he still definitely won the fans over because he like i said he was pummeling. Kaspik, he was throwing a ton of rights to his face. Kaspik's a big boy in his own. I looked it up. He was six two hundred, but four inches short and 30 pounds too light, man. Uh, that was maybe the highlight of of the game for the Blackhawks on Friday night was Dmitry Osipov putting in work with that right hand, um, aside from the goals from DeBrinckit and Jones, obviously. Both those were were beautifully scored goals. The third, by the way, I guess I should mention, was just a, a Ryan Carpenter garbage time goal after the Blackhawks fell behind five to two in the later part of the third period. That was after Marc-Andre Fleury was already out of the game. He did went uh he did go on to split that first start with Colin Delia. Fleury played the first half. Delia came in, wound up stopping just nineteen of twenty-two shots on goal, but really I can't blame them for most of them. The Blackhawks' defense just simply could not stop the bleeding there in that third period, Third period, and that is what ultimately, ultimately, you can't talk, ultimately led to the 6-3 defeat to the hands of the rival St. Louis Blues at the United Center on Friday night. All right, I think that takes care of everything from the Blackhawks and Blues first preseason game of the weekend. Moving on now, I'll be talking for a couple of minutes in just a moment on the back end of the series that took place in Independence, Missouri. But first, I need to talk to you all about DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle. And You can learn more right now at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. I also need to talk to you all about Indeed. Thanks to the great resignation, the job market is now filled with once-in-a-generation talent. So how is your organization going to put together an all-star team? Your front office needs an all-star roster, and you can do so with Indeed. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want, a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible because you can do it all at Indeed. You can attract, you can interview and you can hire. And with Indeed Instant Match, over 90%, 90% of employers get quality candidates as soon as they sponsor their job post. So get started right now and you can get a $75 sponsored credit just by going to indeedcom on to upgrade your job post. One more time, that's indeed.com slash lockdown for a $75 credit through December 31st. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Moving on now into segment two here on Monday, let's talk about game two of the back to back this weekend against the St. Louis Blues, which came in Independence, Missouri, interestingly enough, and unfortunately. The Chicagoland area did not have any TV crews get out there for this one, but there actually was a stream that you could have watched the game through, which came via the St. Louis Blues side of things, but that I could only bear for roughly 10 minutes, folks, because, frankly, the Blues announcers were actually that horrible. They were crying about Kirby Doc whining about a makeup call. Out. I was like, what are you guys talking? I can't, I can't listen to this garbage anymore. There's nothing worse to me than absolutely biased announcers, and that's kind of what we saw out of that game on Saturday night. So I'm not going to lie to you folks, uh, I was with some buddies, didn't like the broadcast, didn't wind up watching or listening too much of the game on Saturday, uh, and of course that's when the Hawks put together their first win of the preseason, that would happen, uh, especially with their worst lineup of the three games so far, not even close. I mean, looking at the lineup they rolled out on Saturday, aside from Kubalik, Kirby Doc, and... Philip Kershev as the top line. Um, aside from that, the lineup was it, it was pretty much filled with a bunch of depth players and, and youngsters. We saw the second line as Brett Connolly, Dylan Strome, Adam Gaudet. The third was Henrik Borgstrom, Colton Dock, and Mike Hardman. Chujar Kara, Mackenzie Entwistle, and Reese Johnson was the fourth line. So yeah, not the Blackhawks A team for sure. Uh, and then on defense, they rolled with. Isaac Phillips and Wyatt Kalanick is the top top pairing. Jacob Galvis, my boy, and Riley Stillman were, were the second defensive pairing. And then 2021 first-round pick Nolan Allen and Nicholas Bodan rounded things out for the Blackhawks. And I wanted to talk about Allen really quick because he actually made his preseason debut on Friday when I was at the United Center. And I talked about this on Friday morning's episode as well. I was really, really hoping that the Blackhawks were going to give Nolan Allen some action here in the preseason just to kind of see what he's got already. And what I learned by watching Nolan Allen on Friday is, first off, he is an absolute grown man for being 18 years old. I was like four rows off the glass on Friday— And I could just tell, Nolan Allen is a monster of a human being. And thinking back to, like, me as a senior in high school, I I was like, what? This guy looks like he could be a senior in college. This guy looks like he's a senior in grad school. Big guy, (laughs) big beard, um... And he, he did show that he has a lot of strong defensive capabilities in his game, and that's why the Blackhawks drafted him with their first-round pick this past year. Uh, it was a little bit of a tough start for Allen. He had kind of a, a miscue in the first that led to the Blues' opening goal of the game. But I thought he definitely got better as things went on, and I liked his physicality. He was willing to throw his body around in the defensive zone. He was in the right areas for the most part. His hockey IQ, I thought, was, was good for being so young and inexperienced and already playing against men for the most part. So um, great to see that the Hawks, they they rolled with Nolan Allen in both games of the back-to-back versus the Blues over the weekend. And I would definitely like to see more out of the Hawks' 2021 first-round pick as the preseason goes on. And in that for the Blackhawks on Saturday night, making his preseason debut was Malcolm Subban. And like Kevin Lankanen in the preseason opener against Detroit, Subban was given the keys to the entire game on Saturday. And what a strong showing it was for Sub-Zero. He posted, uh, stopped 31 of 32 shots and wrote to picking up the Hawks' first victory of the preseason. And that could be... A big one in the battle between he and Colin Delia potentially for that number three goaltender spot in Chicago, uh, if they choose to have one. Um, if I had to guess right now, though, assuming that one of those two guys are going to be around in a week and a half, uh, I would have to say that Subban probably has the leg up is has the leg up on Delia right now because uh, Delia, I know I I said it, you can't really blame him for allowing those goals on Friday, but at the same time, I mean, Subban showed that he was a brick wall, so (sighs) Deals finds himself kind of in another tough situation as the season is looming, but as for the Blackhawks' goal scorers on Saturday, we don't have any stats or anything from the box score on this one, no face-off numbers, no time on ice, shots on goal, hits, we got nothing, so... All we can really look at is the goal scorers here for the Blackhawks, and Henrik Borgström was actually the one to get on the on the board for them first. He tied things up 1-1 early on in the first period after Tory Krug scored just 50 seconds into the game. That wound up being the lone time that Malcolm Subban would get beat on a Saturday. And then the second goal of the opening frame, that came from Blackhawks' 2021 second-round pick Colton Dock. Both he and Kirby were in the lineup on Saturday, and Colton was the one who found the back of the net with some jabs being thrown to Kirby's way in his presser this morning about that situation. Uh, and there's been a lot of talk around Colton Doc recently. He's been traded to the Kelowna Rockets from the Saskatoon Blades. He also finally returned from a right shoulder injury either last Wednesday or, or Thursday. He was back at Blackhawks training camp, and then scores what wound up being the game-winning goal on Saturday night, his first of the preseason as well, and that definitely should be a good sign that, you know, he's feeling a lot better and is on his way to being back to fully healthy, and honestly, I don't think the Blackhawks would risk throwing their second-round pick out there if he wasn't 100% healthy in the preseason, so Nice to see that Colton Dock picked up a goal there in his first game of preseason action, uh, and Adam Goddat and Brett Connolly were the ones to pick up the assist on that goal from Colton, by the way. Mackenzie Entwistle was the man to cash in for the third Hawks goal of the game. That came via a nice feed from Jujar Kara to find him backdoor for the tap-in. My boy, Jakob Galvis, picking up the secondary assist as well. Then, Mike Hardman lit the lamp for his... Second point of the game assisted from Henrik Borgstrom. His second point as well. Uh, good to see Hardman back out there. I know he's had a tough little go of it recently. Scratched on Friday night in that game against St. Louis. Wound up on COVID-19 protocol. I know he's someone, he, he was probably really trying to crack the Blackhawks opening night roster, but unfortunately some things just kind of hasn't, have not gone his way. And he's more than likely to begin the year with the Rockford Icehogs of the AHL. And then the last goal was Dominic Kubelik's second of the preseason came from Kirby Dock and Philip Kershev, the second assist for both those guys as well, and that, that was the cherry on top for this one that secured a dominant 5-1 victory for the Blackhawks over the Blues in good old Independence, Missouri. Uh, again, I wish we got to see more of it, folks, or at least had some of the numbers here to look at. Um... But overall, it seemed like a a pretty strong performance all around by the boys. And uh, they'll need to be ready to go once again here tonight for their fourth preseason game in six days now as they'll be facing the Detroit Red Wings once again tonight. This time, though, at Little Caesars Arena in Detroit, Michigan. And a quick preview of this one here tonight. Looks like most of the big guns are going to be in the Blackhawks lineup. And, And same with the Detroit Red Wings, too. So. Should be a good tilt on our hands later this evening, folks, coming at Little Caesars Arena. And taking a quick look at the Hawks' projected lineup, we got Alex DeBrinkett, Tyler Johnson, and Patrick Kane up top as expected. Then Dominic Kubelik, Jonathan Taze, and Philip Khrushchev will serve as the second line. The third will be Mike Hardman, Henrik Borgstrom, those two guys sticking together, and Ryan Carpenter will be playing on the wing with those two. While the fourth line, interestingly enough, will be Brandon Hagel, Adam Gaudette, and Mackenzie Entwistle. So that seems to be a pretty good opportunity for Entwistle to play with some more offensive minded guys than he has so far in the preseason. On defense, Seth Jones and Jake McCabe will once again be the top defensive pairing. Let's hope to see a better showing out of those two than we saw on Friday. Calvin DeHaan and Connor Murphy, the shutdown pairing the Hawks had a couple years ago against Edmonton and Vegas in the COVID postseason. They're now back together here as the second pairing, and then... Caleb Jones and Jakob Galvis, baby, will serve as the third defenseman pairing tonight. Big opportunity, though, for both of those guys. Caleb Jones finds his way in the lineup once again, the third time in four games he'll be suiting up for the Blackhawks, and he's made the most of his looks so far in these games, as has Jakob Galvis when he's gotten his opportunities in practice and also in that prospect showcase against the Minnesota Wild a couple weeks back. We haven't seen much game action from him yet in the postseason, but we'll see if he makes the most out of it tonight. And then in net, none other than Mark andre Fleury. And unlike Friday, folks, when he split the game with Colin Delia, this time head coach Jeremy Colleton said in his presser today that Fleury will be given the whole game tonight. So his first full game of action here in the preseason should be a lot of fun to see what Flowers got in the bag. And let's hope, you know, this group can put together A strong effort once again tonight to come away with a win against the old-time rival Detroit Red Wings, who are also playing a majority of their NHL lineup. Alright, I think that wraps up everything I have to talk about. First from the Blackhawks and Blues game on Saturday, and for the preview of tonight's matchup against Detroit. Coming up in just a moment, it's time to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bilt Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Bilt Bar has a ton of awesome classic flavors like double chocolate, coconut, salted caramel, and now they have a couple of new flavors, like strawberry, for all my strawberry lovers out there, grasshopper cookie, which is really good if you like mints. They also just sent me a package of cookie dough, which is fantastic. They also have cookies and cream. Cherry, Garcia, and many more flavors, all of which are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they're also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKED15, capital L in LOCKED, then the number 15 to get 15% off your next order. One more time. Be sure to check out builtbar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option and use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next built Bar order. I also need to talk to you all about Get Upside. Blackhawks fans, I have the most incredible app for everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code Hockey in all caps and you can get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using get Upside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code Hockey in all caps to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two dollars to $300 a month in cash back. And there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. And you can cash out any time to your bank account. PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code Hockey in all caps to get up to 50%, 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Welcome back to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. Moving on now into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, where as always, I'll be answering a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here live on the show. The first of which today comes from at mcmweb56 on Twitter, who asked, "What do you think will be? What do you think will be the lineup on defense for the Blackhawks on opening night?" Well. For the most part, I think the Blackhawks already know who their top five defensemen are at this point. First, uh, I fully expect Jake McCabe and Seth Jones to remain together throughout the rest of the preseason and then into the season opener against the Avs. But what they decide to do with the other two pairings is really where it gets interesting. Personally, I think a great second pairing would be Calvin Dehan and Wyatt Kalanick. We've seen those two get some reps together so far in training camp and during the preseason a little bit. Uh, I actually do think that Kalanick and Connor Murphy would probably be a better pairing, but what I've seen so far in these past few weeks of camp is that it really looks like either Kalanick prefers to play on that right side, or that's at least where Jeremy Colleton would rather he be. He's been on his offside the entire camp so far, so because of that, I just kind of tend to think they'll play Kalanuk on his right side to start the year. I do think he's going to be in the NHL lineup against the Avalanche, and that makes me think they're going to play the left-handed Calvin Dehan next to him, who's a very reliable defensive defenseman, again, next to a left-handed Wyatt Kalanuk who's playing on his offside. And that leaves... Connor Murphy, I know, down on the third defensive pairing, but that's absolutely not going to be a reflection of his ice time. No matter what pairing Murphy is on, he's going to be playing around 20 to 25 minutes per night for the Blackhawks. But because of Kalanick being on the right side, I think that is what leaves Murphy down there on that third pairing with either Riley Stillman or Caleb Jones. Those two seem to be in the running for the 6th and 7th defenseman spot on the Blackhawks at the moment. And honestly, I I really do think Caleb Jones has done enough so far to have that 6th spot firmly in his grasp over Stillman at the moment. If opening day were tomorrow, I personally would have to lean towards Caleb Jones being in the Blackhawks lineup down there on that 3rd defensive pairing with Connor Murphy while Riley Stillman would then go on to serve as the extra defenseman to start the year. The second question I wanted to answer today comes from at captainpie Double Zero, who asked, who do you want to be the Blackhawks' bottom six come opening night, and who do you think it will be? Oof. It's a tough question here. There's a lot that goes into it. Um, I-, I wrote down a bunch of names at the moment. All right, first, let's just say that the top six, it's its kind of locked in, let's be honest. We got Alex DeBrinkett, Tyler Johnson, Patrick Kane. They're locked in as the top line. And then the second, in my opinion, it's probably Dominic Kubelik, Jonathan Taze, and Brandon Hagel, I would have to think. Uh, yeah, I know Lucas Reichel has been playing there recently, but Kubelik, I don't think he's playing in the bottom six, especially with the chemistry that he and Jonathan Taze showed together during his rookie year back in 2019-20. I think Kubelik, Taze, and Hagel seems like a, a pretty good bet to be the second line on opening night, and if that is the case, then that leaves Dylan Strom, Lucas Reichel, Ryan Carpenter, Henrik Borgström, Adam Gaudet, Jujar Kara, Kirby Doc, Alexander Nylander, Philip Kurashev, Brett Connolly. Mike Hardman, Reese Johnson, and Mackenzie Entwistle all duking it out for those final spots. So thirteen guys right there, fighting for the final six roster spots and the two extra scratches as well. Um uh now I guess we can start with what I would like to see out of those guys is the bottom six. Um, first I think you I think you have to slot Kirby Dawkins as as the third line center. I, that just makes complete sense, right? So I'm gonna scratch Kirby off the list on the wing. Personally, ooh, I think Philip Kuryshev would would be. He's been really impressive so far on this in this preseason and during training camp. So I'd probably have to go with Philip Kuryshev on the wing with Kirby Doc, and then maybe this is just my bias, but I, I got to put Dylan Strome there. For me, I just think. I just think Strome needs at least one more opportunity this season, along, along with some playmakers getting some regular ice time, uh, a normal roll, not bouncing back and forth all the time. I, I think that needs to happen before we officially cast him out in the future here in Chicago. But again, that's just me. That's just what I would like to see. As for my fourth line, um... That would probably have to be a combo of Jujar Kara, Adam Gaudette, and Ryan Carpenter.